My name is Scott Duvall, and my company is Jawavi Films. Decisions Interviews. I'm your host, Victoria Cooper. I have something special for you today. I recently recorded at Pittard Park with Jawavi Films owner Scott Duvall. Scott is a fellow podcaster as well. He is one of three hosts of the podcast Waiting Since Last Saturday, a fun Georgia football podcast. I invited Scott to sit down and tell us about his three-part YouTube series about Winterville. I discovered Scott's masterfully crafted videos early on in my own podcasting adventures. According to the Juwavi Films YouTube channel, Scott is a creative director, video editor, photographer, and podcaster based out of Athens, Georgia, who makes videos and takes photos for individuals and businesses that need videos and photos. Have a listen to my delightfully kind interview with super creative Scott Duvall of Watkinsville. Oh, one more thing. Before we get to the interview, a quick suggestion. Go ahead and hit pause on your podcast player right now. Pop over to YouTube to the Jawavi Films YouTube channel. That's J-A-W-A-V-I Films. And watch the three Winterville videos real quick. Less than 20 minutes total to watch all of them. The conversation will have much more context if you do. Thanks, and now back to the interview. Hi. Yeah, are you Scott? I am. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Yeah, I like this park. I've been here quite often. Yeah. Whenever I, uh, it's funny, I've done for like the Marigold Market, I've done some filming here. You have done filming here for the market, okay, cool. I have, I was doing a, actually it's funny, I'm wearing the shirt, I was doing a video for Sustainability UGA, and yeah. uh, we were getting some shots out here back in May. Okay, yeah, so I was, I might have been here, so yeah. Dodd was playing over there. Oh yeah, so I missed that one, that was one of the first ones, I think. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So cool. Yeah, so I, I've. And, and when I was riding in, my buddy, my, who's in my wedding, I mean, I've been friends with him forever. He's in that white truck doing some construction. He owns a construction company. <laughs> you know, he's from Winterville, so yeah. I mean, it's yeah, Winterville's kind of a kind of a place. I had to I had to watch those videos again just to make some notes on it because I'd, for, I'd forgotten, you know, because I've done it's so been, many. Things yeah, well, and it's been what three years, I think. First was in January eighteen, then May okay. of eighteen, then October of nineteen. The third one was in October 19th, so I had to go look back to see when we had put those together. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I've, I've been doing, I've been producing a podcast since 2015. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, podcast is kind of a, kind of a thing that I've, yeah. that I'm into. So. Yeah. Well, tell me about your podcast. It's, uh, it's called Waiting Since Last Saturday, oh. and um, it's a Georgia football podcast that two buddies of mine and I we've done since 2015 and we just recorded episode 270 that's crazy we do pre-game post-game and yeah. then a couple shows when football season's not going on so yeah. we uh yeah it's just three dudes that you that's know back yeah you know, yeah seven years ago we're like hey we should do a podcast and I yeah. was like I know how to produce them so I produced the, the show and yeah you know do all the social media for it 
podcasting is a little bit addictive, I think. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, like I said, you know, sticking with it. I think the the the, the secret is just kind of continually to do it, and because there's stats that and I don't know them exactly, but you know, where there's say a million podcasts put out, and only yep. thirty eight thousand are active still. You know, because people yeah. just drop off because yeah. it's a pain and you yeah know, and you got to keep doing it you got to keep yeah. doing it and if you get to the numbers and realize that maybe not as many people are listening as you'd like you get discouraged and yeah you know it's easy to happen it's like the, with any social media yeah that's why i don't pay attention to my numbers right now it's good like if they'll so they'll send me like little things like i just got oh this was like six weeks in i got something saying i had 150 downloads and i was like mm-hmm. okay i'm gonna celebrate for a second but i'm just gonna ignore that because i don't know what that means mm-hmm. so yeah because i just i know it takes a while to build a following yeah it does it does yeah but then i'm also at the marigold market talking to people and that has gotten me a bunch of interviews right and i'm just like it's really fun because i'm just talking to people about kindness um just because i want i'm curious what people think about with kindness yeah it's not it's not like a thing you naturally like think about any given day like oh i'm gonna be kind today mm-hmm. but like it's a thing i think we all aspire to daily mm-hmm. so yeah. i so i like it in that sense of that i think it can be very unifying mm-hmm. if people just recognize it more i agree you know i mean it's not active anymore yeah. but i started in 2015 um podcasting where <laughs> I, yeah i quit a i quit a corporate job i was a device rep oh wow you know going in and out of hospitals and uh, I had always been filming and been creative, and my wife had a blog, and you know, it saved up money, and I just got tired of dealing with pricing at the hospitals and dealing with cases, and you know, going into that. So finally, I I told my distributor boss that I was quitting, and I didn't tell it. He was like, "What are you gonna do?" I was like, "Well, you know, I've got some other plans." I didn't want to say I was gonna go into creative work because yeah. you know, I just didn't want the feedback, and I didn't really know what I was gonna do. Yeah, but um. You know, I started a podcast because my dad sent me um, one from Gimlet Media, which is kind of, in my opinion, one of the best podcasting networks out there. They do startup podcasts. They do every little thing. They do Reply All. Um, The guy's name is Alex Bloomberg. He was kind of uh, my mentor, even though he didn't know it. Um, So he did a narrative-style podcast, and to what you're speaking about, I started a podcast, I think about did about 10 or 12 episodes with my wife, Yeah. Uh, and it was all narrative-based, so I would record the cranking of the car, I would record the footsteps, and then build in the story and everything, and I was really proud of those episodes. They took me hours and hours and hours to produce. Forever. Uh, but it was a great learning experience, mm-hmm. because I figured it out on my own Mm -hmm. and there's really no other better way in the creative world to learn something whether it's photography or videography or podcasting which are all three things that I do yeah and I'm self-taught on every single one of them and not to say I'm the best I've still got a huge learning curve in front of me but it's so satisfying when I can make a video or have a viral photo or make a great podcast episode that gets 5,000 downloads by some by people yeah. and then to kind of sit back and, and say that's awesome and then the, the key thing is not to rest on your laurels or your success if you get some accolades from it it's just to create something else yeah yeah, exa- yeah exactly I love that so our stories are very similar so I was working um, I was working at UGA for about 15 years mm-hmm. working with students and I loved the work intrinsically but I hated the work like systematically right like I just hated it It I'm not a nine-to-five person 
Me neither. Yeah. Well, not anymore. Yeah, no, I... No, yeah. but I'm actually a nine to midnight person because when you work for yourself... Yes, you do. You, you work, work way more. That's right. I know. It's hilarious. But I enjoy the work more, so I don't mind. Right. Yeah. No, I, I have realized that. So, um, so I quit my job at UGA, and I ended up being a substance abuse counselor for a year, which I loved. Mom, I had lost my mom at the time to addiction, and I was feeling called, and... I found a place that would let me serve, and so I did it for a year, and I loved it. But it, like, killed me inside. I just, I don't have healthy boundaries with that. So, and I know that now. Mm -hmm. So I quit that, and I quit knowing I wanted to do something creative. But I had a similar thing. I didn't know what yet. And then I just kind of, I, I knew I loved podcasts, and I knew that was a great way to, I think, create for me what I, the image I wanted to start building. And so I figured, okay, I'll start there. Because, like, for me, I think podcasting is just the beginning. Like, it's, you know... Like, I'm, we're, I think we're just at different sp spots in our dreams, you know. Like, I'm at the very beginning where it's like, okay, I start with this, and then I'll build on. Mm -hmm. So, because it's, I mean, it's super exciting. Podcasting for, uh, whether, you know, because the one that we record, Waiting Since Last Saturday, with my two co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller. Wow, that's, I say that. It's, it's, it's so regimented. I say that in the intro every time, so I, I kind of went back to that. You did. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's more um, news based because we're previewing we will be previewing the georgia clemson game yeah. nobody's going to listen to that episode or only crazy people would listen to that episode six months from now yeah because it's not relevant yeah but the other side of podcasting is to create you know green uh, you know evergreen content yes um and so that's uh, we have a little bit of that when we do interviews with, with certain people or celebrities yeah. and those tend to stay a little bit more more green yeah. But um but yeah, it's just exciting because it's a way it's an easy way to kind of get your ideas and opinions uh, out there. The easy part is recording it and putting it out there. But then if you want to try to attract new audiences, that's the hard part of the marketing or the slash sales yeah. uh, part of selling someone to listen to an episode. Yeah. And that's hard. Yeah, I uh so I've just started reading some story branding books. The Donald Miller? Uh, yes. Yeah, yes. I have his book. It's yes, good. I love that book. Mm -hmm. So I have highlighted probably half the book already. <laughs> mm -hmm. I've read that twice, and I'm not a reader. Yeah, I am okay. not a reader. Yeah. But I did get his book because I looked at how thick it was, and I saw it was pretty thin. Yeah. And, uh, and it's just very bite-sized, very consumable and uh, easy to implement type uh, oh, advice. Yeah. He no, and he's got those seven, the, yep. the seven storyboard. I mean, and I'm like, that makes sense to me. Yeah. I can do that. All right. Let I know someone else do. be the hero in your story. Yeah, exactly. Don't be the don't let yourself be the hero. Like I, yeah. me, my. You yeah. Need to, you need to be the guide. Yeah. You know, like yeah. Obi Wan to or the Skywalker. Yeah. Right. The mm -hmm. Sherpa. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. No, I love that. I love mm -hmm. the Star Wars reference better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, I gotta make sure I have you say your name and the name of your company. My name is Scott Duvall, and my company is Jawavi Films. And there's a caveat to that, because that's confusing. How do you spell it? What does that mean? Well, it's spelled J-A-W-A-V-I Films, and I have three kids, Jack, Walker, and Vivian. I took the first two letters of their names and made an acronym by it, so I love that. And even my, and this, is, this makes great podcasting, I'm going to show you a visual. Yeah. <laughs> but even my business card kind of has, you I know, three that. little faces on there, kind mm -hmm. of hand-drawn. And I made that back in 2015. My wife doesn't like the logo anymore, and I don't really either, but it's it's now vintage, and I'm yeah. not going to change it. I don't even remember how I made it. It's like, well, and it's almost chalkboard style. It's so almost chalkboard it. clip art type stuff, yeah. but I'm just, I'm just going to stick with it. I love it. <laughs> I give mine away with stickers. Nice. Because I'm kind, so I give a gift. Mm -hmm. But I've got mine in, like, this little package, and I give it to people when I talk to them. Oh, nice. Well, thank mm -hmm. you. I'll give you my podcast business card, too, with the QR code. 
That is genius. Yeah, that way they can scan or take a picture and immediately be taken to it. Thank you. So where does it take them to? Like uh, the it takes them to website? Apple. Okay, you know, good. The iP- because I was gonna ask. one thing I've noticed, you know, with years and years of, you know, statistics, you know, downloads and stuff. Yeah. I think about 80, 80 to eighty-five percent of our downloads are via Apple yep. iPhone. And granted, it's a terrible player. It's not very intuitive. It's a yeah. pain, but you know, it's just, I use the Apple podcast, uh, app, That's you know, I mean. there's other ones out there that are, are better and more robust and you can speed it up and slow it down better. But you know, I got to download it. I got to register, sign up. So uh, yeah, we, I have the, the QR code that just goes to Apple because I figure if someone's on Android or they have a Google pixel or they're going to listen on their desktop, if they want to listen, they'll find a way. They, yeah. they already know how. So that's just the easiest way. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah, I like that. I'm going to totally use that now. You should. Yeah, yeah. I'm going <laughs> to. That's why whenever I see something good, I'm like, let me ask you lots of questions about how you got there. Right. My podcast also has a retro theme to it. Mm-hmm, I um, noticed that. Yeah. yeah. And so because of that, the stuff I sell at the market is retro themed. Mm-hmm. So like I sell Lisa Frank notebooks and I sell old school Trapper Keepers. Oh, nice. And yeah, things like that stuff. But I have like pound puppies you know, Mm. from like the 80s. Um, But it's like the new version that came out. Mm -hmm. But I'm trying something different because I figure since my podcast is based in Winterville and Athens, by having a presence in Winterville, I'll catch more people. And then I'm hoping for season two, you know, which will be next market season, I'll go to the Athens market, you know, Mm -hmm. and see what happens there. Right. A lot of people don't realize, you know, with Athens-Clark County being the only, it's only the second unified county city in the state. The other is Columbus-Muskogee County. Um, but a lot of people don't realize that Winterville is the, the, uh, the only other city in Clark County. Yeah. Clark County is the smallest by land in the state of Georgia. I didn't know that. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, I found out these things basically by doing videos here in Winterville. Um, but yeah, that's good that you kind of combine Athens-Winterville because that's one thing Dodd likes to kind of tout is that, hey, Winterville's part of Athens. Don't forget about us. We're the throwback. You know, we're kind of the, the still, it's like Mayberry. Yeah. over here yeah and it's it's a night and but yet it's only an eight to ten minute drive from downtown and now you yeah. got the firefly trail that, that'll connect it yeah which is amazing i mm-hmm. love that trail mm-hmm. oh i like that a lot well and you know what's funny is i had decided on the retro theme of my podcast before i knew enough about winterville to realize that they also embrace nostalgia like that. absolutely which which then made me feel it was like so serendipitous i was like oh my gosh this works out my podcast episodes are kind of variety show style. Mm-hmm. So I have different elements to it to kind of catch people's interest on different levels. Like I just talked about the Firefly Trail and how it's actually named also from in the 1800s. The, the train? Yeah, the train. I didn't the know that. The coming from the train? Yeah, I didn't know that until I found out from a conversation here at the market. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's great podcast material. Thank you. Right. So that's the other nice part is material comes to me yeah. here. And I love that because then I have to take what I have, you know, like here's what I wanted to do, here's what I have, and then here's what I end up making, you know. So it ends up being this really fun project. Right. You know, and I do all of that between Saturday and Wednesday, you know. So then it's almost like a time crunch. Like, okay, I've got four days to make this episode. What's it going to be? I can, I can see that. And then, uh, on a side note, if, uh, if you're ever recording a podcast outside or filming, like I do quite often, there's always a leaf blower or a mower somewhere nearby. I've it's that. guaranteed yep. to happen. I could be on campus 
filming and some aggressive leaf blower is nearby and everything. It's just part of it's part of uh, doing outdoor recording. So yes. that's for the listeners hearing the uh, the mower, the leaf blower out here. Yeah. I yeah. just went back and watched the videos that I made. I saw them a lot when I was editing them, but I wanted to just kind of ref- you know freshen up on the meaning behind some things or little little nuances to how yeah. it all came about because it's really a three part video series that was never really planned to be a three-part video series. It just used the word serendipitous. I love that word. I use that just to, I have that in the back of my mind on just about every video shoot that I have because you can plan for so much, but then you just kind of got to let things happen and hope for the best. And if you have good intentions and you're prepared and you're asking good questions or you're getting good B-roll, a lot of times those serendipitous moments happen. Sometimes you don't even notice until you're in the edit and you have that clip, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is gonna work out so well. Um, but uh, but with, with these videos I did, uh, you know, kind of featuring Dodd Farrell, the mayor of Winterville, um, he was able to provide a lot of those because he's such a good speaker, he's so thoughtful, he's so intent on his meaning uh, behind how Winterville's a throwback and wanting to really boost Winterville up and do all things good and kind for the city. So that really kind of happened uh, multiple times during each shoot. Yeah, yeah, and I and I think I could see that in the in the way it was done because it's so well done. Like, well, thank you. I mean, I really like how because I so I'm I'm picky about my stuff that I watch. Uh, sure, I am too. Well, I mean, I, I like I like when when I have music inlaid with it, you know, and mm-hmm. like sometimes there's just images and it's like him playing before you actually see him playing. Oh, sure. Like, I love those types of transitions. Start with the first video, yeah. which was. Um, which was shot, it was shot in January 2018. It, and it's funny because whenever I, I look through the clips, there's snow on the ground because it had snowed about two or three days prior. It was very cold. And uh, the first video is titled Winterville, Georgia, an independent historic little train town. And I was hired to do a video for uh, the real estate people that were doing Winterville Station. Okay. You know, that was it was just being built uh, the builder and he was like hey you should go talk to the mayor Dodd I'm friends with him you know maybe he'll say a couple things well it it went from me just knocking on his door to saying hey I'd love to love to get some footage of you maybe ask you some questions to welcoming me in pulling out his guitar playing talking and then like two hours later I'm chasing him around all of Winterville he's like the fireflies going over here We've got these historic buildings here. Let me introduce you to this person. Let's go look at the pump track way down here where you can ride BMXs. I was just floored by you know his uh, kindness uh, and uh, just openness to, to talk about Winterville. And you mentioned the music. Mm-hmm. He started playing uh, Rain Coming Over the Mountain acoustically. And um, luckily I was, I was recording and it just uh, dawned on me. I, I guess through experience of editing and everything, I was like, you know what, I'm going to use this as just a, a natural track for this this video. And that's kind of how what serves throughout is the accompaniment mm-hmm. throughout the video. And, um, you know, he, he talked about how the Winterville was at a crossroads back in 2018. Um, and it, it was a good time to do a video because if, as I rolled into town today, the Firefly Trail is basically complete mm-hmm. running right in front of the depot and I'm, I haven't been to the, the the Winterville station but I'm sure it's 
developed. There's probably a pool over there in, in the neighborhood. And so, you know, it, it seems like Winterville's been able to expand like he thought, but still keep its small town charm. And, and it's definitely still palpable in here. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, the other, the, my favorite part of that video uh, was towards the end. Um, we were in one of the, one of the old buildings. I guess it's um, next to the auditorium where they have, I guess, the water department and everything. But upstairs, uh, it was the, I don't know, it was maybe the building adjacent. Somebody who's listening is yelling at their podcast right now. By the way, that's good podcasting when you kind of get the story right, but you don't because that engages the, the listener. <laughs> it's, don't ever be afraid to mess, may, uh, make a mistake in a podcast because people will correct you by yelling into their phones or, or their radio. Yeah. But I digress. <laughs> um, but the, my favorite part was at the end where he says, I'm holding hands on one side with history and holding hands on the other side with the future and we're all walking together at the same pace and that was a serendipitous moment where we're recording that and I'm like immediately thinking as an editor that's how I'm ending this video because it's such a good ending and then like I didn't even have to tell him to do it I'm filming him and he holds his left hand out to personify what you know the history is and then the right his right hand out to personify the future and then he walks off screen and it was like i was like dude are you an actor yeah. i mean it was just so great and emotional and everything and and that was that was really awesome to get so i was that was one of those edits where i was really excited to to get down and and, and start putting it together because i knew how i was going to start it and i knew how i was going to end it and he had so many good pieces of information in between it just really mm -hmm. flowed together well, and he almost, like, I, I really noticed, because uh, was it that video that has the picture of the auditorium? No, that's a different The, the auditorium's featured in all three. I thought so, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But, but where he has that picture of it, you know, that he took that first day. Yes, I, I took that picture of him. That's kind of the thumbnail yeah. of it, where he's just mm -hmm. kind of sitting there. The sunlight was perfect. Uh, yeah, and, and I took that photo of, of him just kind of sitting in the front row mm -hmm. of the not-yet-renovated auditorium. And so that's why it was also a crossroads because they were about they I didn't know it yet but they were about to get a grant from the Fox Theater Institute mm -hmm. to renovate the auditorium and and that that actually leads into the second video um, after after we published uh, the January 2018 video the independent historic little train town he uh, reached out to me and was like hey we've got a grant from the Fox Theater Institute and uh, I'd like to make another video um, basically because he was going to play yeah and he said he had a dream band and i was like okay all right that, yeah. that sounds good you know i know you're a musician i know you can play and so that's when we, i started going through his albums and his past music yeah. that he had made and um you know with uh, rain come of the mountain my kids love that song yeah. um sucker punch town and um what's the the other song life's a dream mm -hmm. those are three of the ones that stood out and so um the Winterville Auditorium uh, video that was made in 2018 basically is a celebration of the dedication of the the grant and the fact they put new air conditioners on the the, the auditorium and it was starting to get a makeover, uh, one that was desperately needed to where it wasn't just dilapidated anymore. And he gave a lot of history when he was speaking about how it burned down and it was, you know, the bricks were reclaimed and put in hand by hand um, from some of the Wintervillians that lived here. But, and, you know, how I mentioned in the one that we did in January, how he had such a good line. He also had a good line 
and this one, and it's the words that pop up right at the beginning, where when he was dedicating or kind of giving his words and presenting to the crowd after he played in the band, in the video he says, the spirit of this building is community. Whenever you have your doubts about America, come here. And I mean, think about that. That's May of 2018. That's right when the, the 2020 presidential cycle was starting up and people on both sides are mm-hmm. on social media are going at each other in the news media and everybody's going to their corners. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you hear something like that coming from a small town mayor in I mean, Georgia, in Georgia mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'll still say I've said probably multiple times, not only to my family, but to anybody to listen, I would love every politician to be just the embodiment of Dodd Farrell. Yeah. I think that everybody would be much better off, you know, just with the best intentions, mm-hmm. you know, trying to unify, not divide mm-hmm. people. So, I mean, that's, I really love um, this video um, because it really embodies um, what that's about. But um, the best part of the, the video to me was the Tuesday night before we he had the concert. The concert was on a Friday. And the Tuesday night, he invited me to come over um, for sound check. Mm-hmm. And it was him and his fiddle player, Adam Pullen, and John Keane, who is, if you don't know, is one of the most well-known producers in you know, music in the past 30 years. Uh, David Barbie, who uh, also is uh, into music. You know, he owns Transduction Studios. Hope I got that name right. I don't think I did, but I know Transduction is in it. Mm-hmm. Um Dodd, and then, of course, Bill Berry yeah. of R.E.M. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I've been a fan of R.E.M. since I was in fifth, sixth, seventh grade growing up in Stone Mountain, Georgia. And when Dodd told me that Bill was playing drums, I had to check myself a little bit and say, <laughs> all right, don't, don't, don't get too weird around him. And uh, Bill was great. John, David, Adam, they were all great, welcoming um, true consummate professionals of course yeah and it was cool i got like a private concert yeah right there on tuesday but got a lot of b-roll that really make the video yeah um a lot of sound um uh, even some photos um from it um (laughs) one of the things that makes me laugh every time i think of that tuesday night was of course after i was there for like an hour and a half and they were done packing up i'd taken some photos and i was kind of going through my photos and um there were some really good ones you know, and I was going to edit them later, but uh, I told Bill, I was like, hey, Bill, I got some really cool photos of you playing drums here. You know, if you want, I can send you some. And he kind of kind of laughed and with a with a smile, like, like, thanks, but no thanks. Like, yeah, I got a lot of photos of me playing the drums. And it was like it was almost like, buddy, uh, I appreciate it. You know, that's great. I don't I don't think I need any photos. Yeah. So I was I was kind of like, yeah, you're probably right uh, on that. But it was such a great moment. Uh, the the second video was was so much fun. Um, REM's Facebook page shared it. Oh wow! Which got a whole bunch of views on it. Yeah. Um, it and it's it's just a really humbling experience when you put some piece of like visual art together that just works. And uh, Dodd again carried the story. He told the story, and it it has a definite beginning, middle, and end. And I yeah. I love that. Yeah, it really does. Well, and that's why when I, as soon as I saw them, I was like, I have to find the person that made these. 
I was like, because they really do. They, they each one tells their own story, but they match each other. So I didn't realize right. that they were made that far apart. Right. And I'm glad you brought up the matching part because, you know, after that first one with him playing acoustically, rain coming over the mountain, the second one starts almost like you would be watching, uh, you know, a Netflix show where the second episode kind of harkens back to the first episode. Mm -hmm. Well, that's how the second video started and, and the way I chose to edit it where it starts again when I shot him in January playing strumming to rain coming over the mountain in his office and then I faded in the electric version of him on stage you know hitting the the chorus and you know just the, the electric guitar coming in with the with the drums and jamming out and that was really cool to kind of bring that together and it's almost like you know a cross dissolve in real life um you know, of it, of it being able to do that. So I was really pleased with how that came together. Yeah, I really like that part. Yeah, that's really <laughs> And it good. wasn't planned. It, yeah. you know, and that's the thing. It's, it goes back to those moments when you're filming, when you're a videographer or filmmaker, whatever you want to call yourself, whatever. I kind of go back and forth between those two terms. Um, but yeah, you just have to hope for the best on some of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And when you have past footage and enough good footage, and sometimes it actually works out that way. So I was super excited when I realized I was going to be able to, to, to make that connection. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I get that way too. I'll be like in the middle of an interview and someone will say something and I'm like, oh, that's going to be in this part, oh my gosh. And then I'm like, no, focus, you have to focus. You're still in the moment here. Right. But yeah, when, you're, when, you, when you do both the interview and the editing or you do just both your, your filming in the moment, I, I love when those, those mm -hmm. moments happen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're my favorite. Yeah, you got to be prepared for everything. And, and yeah. don't, but you can't, you also can't worry yes. about certain things as well. You can't yeah. let things that, you know, if your shot is blocked or, or every, anything like that, um, which I would be remiss if I did not give a shout out to uh, Jay Rogers, who produced that um, concert. Mm -hmm. He uh, is a producer. He has a, has a studio in Winter, or not Winterville, in Watkinsville. Okay. I think it's, uh, gosh, Full Moon studios i could be wrong gosh i should have written that I'll down i feel bad um but, I'll look it up. but yeah but anyway he he did such an amazing job of getting the sound because all i had was just onboard microphones and i did have a little you know field recorder like you have mm -hmm. and i placed that near the stage but i was really worried that audio was going to be really poor and echoey because of all that but what he did is he saved the day he was like because i talked to him beforehand of my concerns and so he had the master recording and then mixed the tracks with my field recorder to kind of give that I guess uh, performance sound and everything and so then sent me the audio files and so what I did was I just matched it up with the visuals um, which is something when you when you make videos and everything you have to match or, or synchronize the audio quite often so yeah, Jay saved the day on that video because it would not have had the same impact um, yeah. if uh, if he hadn't been able to mix the sound on it. So, if Jay, if you listen to this episode, I'm sorry for messing up the name of your studio, but I greatly appreciate it even three years later that you're able to mix that sound. Awesome. All right, so what about the third one? The third video um, took place really almost a year and a half later. Uh, Dodd and I got together. He, he reached out to me probably in the spring of 2019 and it was just kind of a fingernail sketch of what was going to happen but the Fox Theater had another grant for the Winterville Auditorium and he had the idea 
and of course we've, we've sung Dodd's praises already, but you can't, can't say enough about him, but he had the vision of really what he wanted this video to be about, kind of the final chapter in, in this story. And, you know, things happen in threes, so, you know, it made sense to me. I was like, okay, we met at Little City Diner uh, for lunch and kind of hashed out kind of the details about it, but really he wanted it to be a video about where music, art, and public service intersected and uh, being the town of Winterville. And it, it basically was the fact that he grew up loving music, but yet wanted to serve the public and be in public service. And that he had lost that, that hope, I guess, uh, for being a musician and not knowing how to combine those things. But it really was when he became mayor that he realized that music and public service do intersect, at least through him. And, you know, he's like a conduit of it. And that's what, again, makes him so unique about it. But, you know, one of the parts in that video, uh, when I was doing the interview portion, he talked about how the sirens, he lives near the, the fire station, and he talked about how the responsibility after he became mayor felt different when he heard the sirens versus before he was mayor because he's in charge. He has responsibility to even be like the, the comforting figure of this town if need be um so that that was really cool again the way this video was put together it starts with a throwback to the previous video the second video where he ended the concert with life's a dream uh you know a beautiful acoustic number that he's he's put together uh and so he opened it acoustically on his porch um and i think it showed a lot of vulnerability in him. He, he actually, I think, choked up in this video. You, if you watch it closely, he gets very emotional about when he's trying to com figure out how to combine music and, and public service. But the inciting action of the video was when he mentions how the Fox Theater was giving him another, giving the town of Winterville another grant for the Winterville Auditorium. And he not only had never played at the Fox Theater, being a musician who's released albums before, He'd never even been in the Fox Theater. And so I was going to be there. Uh, it was September of 2019 for the, the Fox Theater Institute. Um, I forget what they call it, but it was basically when they were doing the fundraiser mm -hmm. for it. And um, mm -hmm. that I was going to be able to capture his moment of walking into the Fox Theater for the first time. And there is some B-roll of him, like almost fist pumping, like as he's walking in front. And the interesting thing about it, I was just down there, took my car down there and serendipitous moment, told my 13 year old at the time, who knows a good bit about cameras. And I, I trusted, I definitely trusted him. Uh, dog's barking in the background. Yep. Hello, hello dog. Hello. How are you? Oh, no, you're good. Um, but, uh, but I took my 13 year old at the time, uh, it's like my, my second cameraman and so we're driving down Peachtree Street and we see Dodd walking I was like Jack turn the camera on you got to get that make sure it's slow motion you know just so I can slow it down and he got it it was great um but that was this really neat to see his uh joyous excitement you know to to be able to go to the Fox Theater because I'd been in the Fox Theater before I took it for granted he didn't he was so excited to be there yeah. and yeah we got we got a lot of good clips of him playing his set with his dream band, yeah. Adam, John, David, Bill, 
and Dodd on lead vocals. And then there, there's another funny part in there where he says, you know, where, where's Winterville at? And you can hear a big roar. And so that was really neat to see that Winterville packed the house yeah. and traveled down there with them. And, uh, and we thought that it was going to be an evening where R.E.M. got back together and played, uh, but it was three-fourths. It was really cool because after they, went, after they played, Mike Mills, Bill Berry, Peter Buck all played together, and then Kevin Kenny of Driving and Crying was the lead singer. Awesome. So, I mean, it, even, and I love Driving and Crying. So, even though Michael Stipe was not back on vocals, it's still, I mean, I was like hitting my, my, my son. I was like, dude, do you realize how important this moment is? The fact that three fourths of REM is playing REM songs right now. Um, so, that was cool. And the Drive By Truckers finished the, the set, which was, which was really cool to see. But it's really just a story about not giving up on your dreams, sticking with your dreams, and the fact that he was re- able to realize that the musician in him can definitely have a part in public service. All three videos, sure, I was just a conduit. I had a camera, and I had some, some, some microphones, and I had time and availability. But it was really Dodd who put this all together, just um, his immense talent, his kindness, his empathy, and his uh, desire to serve the community of Winterville. I mean, it, it, I can't think of many public figures that could have done as good of a job as being so authentic as he was on these three videos in a span of literally almost 18, 19 months of time. And he's consistent, and um, you can tell that Winterville is really in his heart and soul along with music. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, he's going to be great to have on the podcast. Yeah, well, if this doesn't work to get him on, Dodd, come on, you got to join this podcast and and do an interview. I don't know what will. (laughs) I know, right? For real. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Oh, man. I love the way you talk about the videos. Like, Do you talk about all of your work like this? You know, uh, that's a good question because whether I'm doing a video just like a throwaway video and I don't know videos are throwaways if I'm going to spend time, but just like even just an Instagram reel or just a YouTube short, which those are things now in social media, y'all look them up, Instagram reels and YouTube shorts, vertical videos that are under a minute, but there are no throwaways uh, with me. I I try to be unique either with the edit or be unique with the story. And I don't, I don't make many videos for myself just because I don't have time. I would love to do more, personal projects yeah but um but each video is special because if i'm not gonna if i'm gonna put it out there and put my name on it I've, it's gotta it can't just be half-hearted because it's my you know online reputation so to speak yeah so I, everyone has a meaning at some point for me uh and i and i'm not afraid to watch my old videos either if i am they get privated or unlisted yeah <laughs> there's very few that it maybe are super old that i'm like that's embarrassing but uh but each one has intent behind it. I shot one yesterday for my wife. My wife's a blogger, yeah. um, has been a, a makeup blogger for years, and she has a, she's a YouTuber and a micro-influencer, if you will. But uh, I, do, I do her videos, and they're fun. We, just, we did one with a lot of uh, in-camera transitions, you know, and it's, it's, she educates her audience on makeup, you know. But yeah, that's awesome. I get to have the creative part in it, and it's great. So it's yeah. a long answer, but I love what I do, and I continually just try to you know make things that are fun and maybe will put a smile on someone's face or have someone learn something from it and that's that's another important thing about videos online these days yeah exactly yeah i love that yeah do you think there's a way we can make social media kinder 
I live that. Okay, good. I, I live, I live kind social. Now, I'm not afraid to take a shot at Auburn football fans yeah, on social media. That's fair. At all, because they're you know, Auburn. Auburn always is uh, anyone's. Uh, Auburn. What's, what's the thing I put up? Auburn University is never anyone's first choice. It's always a fallback school. <laughs> uh, and, you know, hey, I have a lot of Auburn friends, uh, that, that, but they live here in Athens. Hello. Yeah. Um, but no, I think social media, um, I'm big on this. Um, none of my kids have social media. Mm-hmm. They're not, they're not, currently they're not allowed to. And I even have a 15, I have two teenage boys, a 15 year old and a 13 year old. My daughter's 10. But um, I think social media is, in the need of people like me. And I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying it to just, I don't talk politics. I don't talk Mm COVID-19. I don't talk conspiracy theories. Uh, I share photographs. I share videos. I'll retweet uh, funny things. Um, I try, I would, I mean, I'm not afraid of someone searching through my social media past, so to speak. Um, But then, you know, hey, that doesn't mean that somebody can't use social media for good for calling out politicians or, you know, the state of Georgia, if they're doing things incorrectly or anything, there's a place for that. And I consume that information. I will get a lot of my news from Twitter. Yeah. Um, Twitter's basically my favorite social media platform. But as far as kindness is concerned, um, I just think that uh, the, the flag that I wave is to be uh, with everybody you know, giving social media a bad, you know, reputation by, you know, arguing with strangers online. Yeah. I like to carry the banner of like, hey, let's just keep it joyful because it doesn't mean that I'm not interested. It doesn't mean that I have political opinions or that I don't agree with your political opinion. I'm just not going to do it in a public forum. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to choose to to be the guy that, um, you know, deflects a little bit and shares things that are important to me share stories that are important to me and, uh, and bring it that way. But, um, one of the guys that I follow, he's a a radio host on 960 the ref here in Athens. He's a a morning show guy. His name is Logan Booker. I love his Twitter handle Mm -hmm. because he changes the date every day. And I think, I don't know what the date is, but it's well over a thousand days. It's it's something like it says 1000, however many days and since I argued with a stranger online and he changes it every day to, and he says that he does that to keep him grounded and realizing that look you know I'm here to tweet or share information newsworthy about Georgia football or sports in general in Athens and uh and he does that so yeah. that's just my I'm I'm I have a real strong opinion for me about that how someone else wants to do their social media, you're not going to offend me if you want to get political. Yeah. You're not going to, I'm not going to unfollow you if you have a differing opinion than me, mm-hmm. whether it's political or, uh, you know, with your sports team or whatever. Yeah. That's fine. I'm also not going to argue with you on it. But, um, but, I, but yeah, I, I don't have any problem with people being who they are online. I'm not looking down my nose at you. If you do want to do that, there's plenty of people that I follow that, you know, I'm like, wow, I don't know if I would have tweeted that, but hey, I'm still friends with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, I can't, I can't say that everybody is going to be that way, nor should they, but um, that's just my, my personal opinion. One day my kids will get on it, mm-hmm. and when they do, they're going to um, hopefully see that my wife and I take care into our online reputation. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, it almost sounds like you do probably what you do in real life, which is that you don't judge people by their worst mistakes. Absolutely. Yeah. No. And I that's mean, a powerful thing to do. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't. I have. I have friends that are uh, extremely left. Mm-hmm. I have friends. Friends that are extremely right. Mm-hmm. And I can find common ground with both of them. Yeah. And I don't just because they believe one certain thing. I have friends who are atheists. I have friends who are devout Christians. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I think that that's the thing. Like, I mean. But yet, I'm not going to be a microphone for how you should believe or tweet mm-hmm. or you know carry on your life. Yeah. You know, I don't care if you're gay or straight. You know what religion or race you are. I mean, it, it's just you know that's just how I am, and it's not it's not something. In fact, this is probably the first time ever on a social platform that I've espoused those things. You know, not that it's yeah. anything. I just try to. You know, I mean, I think, but I think most people are like that. I think so. You know, I, I don't think, think so. that I'm some unicorn out there. No. I think that's the most. It's just you get the fringe mm-hmm. on social media from both sides. Mm-hmm. I think most people are just decent people that want the world to be as peaceful as possible and our politicians to be as competent and, and you know, as compassionate as possible. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, just hopefully, you know, help your fellow neighbor type thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's why I asked the question. Because yeah. I like, I usually get that type of answer from yeah. people. Yeah, and that's what I want to focus on. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah, sweet. Well, good. Well, um, is there a random act of kindness that either you've witnessed or that you've done that you want the world to know? Oh, my goodness. What a good question that is. Uh, a random act of kindness that I've witnessed? Mm-hmm. Or, or that you've done. Yeah, it can be either one. Mm. I, gosh, I, I feel like a... a, a a hypocrite for not having that right off the top of my head. No, it's okay. It's, um, it should take a minute to think about. Yeah, because, well, that's the thing. Like, you know, going back to social media, when someone takes a picture of their receipt to show that they tipped $800 to their waitress, I'm like, yeah. if I did that, I'm not going to share it. You yeah. know, I mean, I think it's an act of kindness to get vaccinated. Yeah, I think but, so. But, you know, that goes back to the whole thing. Like, look, you, you do you. But, yeah, random act of kindness, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna buck the system here. Okay. I don't have one because I think, and it's not to say that I'm someone different or something, but I've paid it for it in the drive through line before. You know, yeah. I've, you um, I've, I've helped people with directions. I've, you know, given, I've donated to, um, an, a, a, there was a friend of mine that whose wife had a, a rare brain tumor and they put out online to do a GoFundMe. I sent, um, some money to him, you know, I mean, I don't wear it on my sleeve. Yeah. Random acts of kindness, but um, I definitely, it makes me feel good when I can do it. And the fact that, you know, I can't really single one out, I think is a good thing, in my opinion. Yeah, I that, agree. Um, you know, it's just, I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not without sin, I'm not without guilt or bad moments, but I think it's just by being a dad, you know, and having three impressionable kids with all the the craziness I you know I, I call myself an actuary sometimes you know with them like trying to manage them but you know they're even though I've got two teenagers they're small eyes looking up at me and if I don't lead by example yeah um then you know I've got some problems so that's my answer my random act of kindness is randomly not remembering when I act kindly towards people well that just means it's natural <laughs> I guess so and I don't want to come across as some pious you know, holier no, than not. thou person, but it's true. I just can't, I mean, sure. You know, I don't, I don't want to single out like when I, when I paid for someone's car wash behind me, 
yeah. or something like that because, you know, it's yeah. insignificant. Well, and, and that's why I asked the question is because I like to see where kindness fits in with people, mm. you know? So, like, what part of your life is it? And it sounds to me like it's just a natural, everyday part of your life. Right. Which is why you can't remember a single one because you do it all the time. I don't do it all the time. Well, I can always I mean, do better. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you do it naturally. Yeah, you it, do it naturally. I could go months without being a random act of kindness person. But, you know, then again, you know, if someone... If someone needs something uh, online, you know, I, I donated a, a photo, I sell photo prints. I donated a photo print to a charity two weeks ago. So there we go. There you go. That's my, my recent random act of kindness. I like that. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Good. Hopefully it was a picture where we're kicking Auburn's butt. Maybe. It was a, it was a picture. It's a picture that I have of Notre Dame warming up in Sanford Stadium, which Ooh. was an anomaly because Notre Dame and Georgia have only played three times and they've only visited Athens one time. And that was September 20th or... September 21st, 2019. And yeah. so I got that picture. Nice. So, yeah. Good, yeah. Well, I hate Auburn, too. Just Good. FYI. Yeah. Good. So my first UGA game I went to, I broke my ankle on the way in. Uh, but I stayed the whole game because it was a Georgia game, and that's what you do when you're committed. We lost in the rain by one point. They had a Hail Mary throw. And we lost in the rain by one point. And at this point, my ankle is the size of a pumpkin. Oh, no. Because I've been standing the whole time. Because, uh-huh. again, committed. Mm-hmm. But at this point, you know, anything that has, has been anesthetizing the pain is no longer there. Right. And then we lose in the rain. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh. and ever since then, I was like, Auburn, I hate you. Yeah, fun fact, uh, Georgia's 13-3 and three in the last 16 meetings versus Auburn. Nice. That's what doing a sports podcast will do for you. You can throw off random stats to <laughs> boost your uh, favorite team. Anytime you need to. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Well, this was fun. Yeah. I, was. I'd never been on a podcast before. Even though I've recorded 270 podcast episodes, I'd never been invited to be a guest on someone's podcast. And that was my interview with Scott. Thank you so much, Scott, for sitting down and talking with me. And thank you for listening. As always, pineapple with care. <laughs>